wrestle not against flesh and blood. Victory is a goal for every battle. Get set for an empowerment to conquer in the battles of life as you listen to Encounter with the Truth by Pastor Sami. This morning, we have in our midst a great prophet of God. Praise the Lord. One of my very good friends, a minister of the gospel, very anointed and engraced by God. He came all from Pema because of you and me to be a blessing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We have known ourselves for a very long time. We were in the university together in 1998. When we finished school, destiny put us on different paths, but we were still together. Praise the Lord. And God brought us together again. This morning, it has pleased heaven. It has pleased God. For we to receive a ministry of one of my good friends. You know, I don't have so many friends in ministry. But the ones I have, we are covenant brothers. Praise the Lord. Everybody say covenant brothers. There are people you can talk your pain and talk your joy. And they are not hypocrites. And they are also not jealous people. They are people they are around you but they are jealous. Praise the Lord. No. They are covenant brothers. We talk our pain. We talk our joy. And all the glory is to the Lord. With a club offering we want to receive Pastor Nwefa to come and be a blessing to us. What a blessing. Hallelujah. 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 What a blessing. What a blessing, my brother. Let's do it better for Jesus. Let's do it better for Jesus. For Jesus. For Jesus. The savior of our souls for Jesus. The faithful one for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And whilst you're standing, I want to really appreciate the servant of God in charge of this mighty commission. He is a wonderful man. And I want to really appreciate him for being a wonderful friend too. Hallelujah. I also want to appreciate his beautiful wife <laughs> for being that pillar beside him. Hallelujah. And all the uh, leadership starting from Rev. You know, I'm in bow tie because I learned that he'll be in bow tie. So I also did my bow tie. <laughs> <laughs> so God really b- richly bless you all 
We appreciate what you're doing in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I bring you greetings from my family. We were here, was it three weeks ago? I wish, or they wish they could be here, but another time we'll be here together again. Hallelujah. Amen. Now lift up your voice and begin to call on Jesus. The doer of all things, that he will engrace and be merciful unto us this morning. That his word will come to us in all plainness, demonstration of the spirit, and delivering that which he has purposed to do. Lift up your voice, call upon him. It's not by might, it's not by power. But by his spirit. It's not by might. It's not by power. But by his spirit. So call upon Jesus. Call upon Jesus. Is someone talking to Jesus? Talk to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this moment. We are grateful for setting this moment up. And you set it up for our good. And we are grateful unto you. Lord, I acknowledge the truth. That when you were on earth, you did nothing by yourself. But by the Father, you make happen all the purposes that he had for your life. And you destined that we too, sent by you, will live by you. Express yourself this morning. Make your word known this morning. And cause your deliverance. To be manifested to the glory of your name in Jesus' name, amen. Please take your seats, take your seats, hallelujah! Hallelujah! Is somebody excited to be in the presence of the Lord? I'm saying, hallelujah! That's wonderful. This morning, I'm going to bring you the word of the Lord. In Psalm 107 verse 20, he said, he sent his word. And his word healed them. And delivered them from their destruction. When God wanted to heal, when God wanted to deliver from destruction, he sent his word. He didn't, in quotes, send angels. He didn't send fire. He didn't send whatever you think. But he sent his word. 
Because when the word goes forth, every host of heaven follows. So if you can just receive his word, every imagination that you have of him to bring about your deliverance, to bring about your healing, will happen in the name of Jesus. I hope you are following me. So this morning, open your heart to receive his word. Because his word will turn your life around. And your life will never be the same again. The Lord told me expressly that Congress Global Ministries is the blessed of the Lord. Is what? The blessed of the Lord. Or you can say the blessed company is the blessed of the Lord. What does it mean to be blessed? The word blessed means to revere, to praise, to admire. What God is saying that Congress Global Ministries is not just one of those ministries he has. It's one that is to be admired. It's one that is to be praised. Are, are you receiving it? Let's look at First Peter chapter 2 verse 9. You see, he said in Matthew, I think Matthew 20, he said, many are called, verse 24, I think so, many are called, but few are chosen. There's a place for calling. When we are all called. We are all called. But according to his mercies, his own mercies, he decides to use a people for a purpose. And those people are chosen among the called. I hope you are following me. So in First Peter chapter 2 verse 9, it says, But ye, conquerors global ministry, you are what? A chosen generation. You are a chosen generation. You are a people that have been chosen by God. Why? To bring forth the praise that people will look at and say, Jesus is at work there. Let's go to Congress. Jesus is at work there. You are peculiar you, 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 you are unique and and, 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 and and the picture he gave me was that of Joseph in Genesis chapter 37 Jacob 
the father of Israel, the one by whom God had determined to bring forth the people that are blessed according to Abraham, gave birth to 12 sons. But there was something about one of them. And that one is Joseph. From verse 1, And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. These are the generation of Jacob. He started by talking about the generation of Jacob. He didn't start with Reuben. He didn't even go to Simon. No. He skipped and went to Jacob. Joseph, sorry. So, in the mind of God, the generation of Jacob is Joseph. Because Joseph was the chosen among the brethren. And let's jump to verse 5. And Joseph dreamed a dream. And he told his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. For he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. Not behold, I was binding sheaves in the field. We, all the twelve sons, we were binding sheaves. So not like Conquest Chapel alone in this city and in this nation. There are churches doing the work of God. They are all doing the work of God. But he said, and my sheep stood and yours Oh. Please, this morning, I want you to change your mindset about where you are. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You are pursuing an agenda of God that holds a crucial place in his heart. I'm not here to speak for him. No, I don't speak for him. I speak for God. So it's not consultation. You know, he, he doesn't know my message I'm going to preach. It's not consultation, no. But I heard from God. So change your mind about where you find yourself. Because in this city, it is the church. It is what? The church. It is chosen by God according to his mercies. Not because of anything special somebody have done. You see that in Romans chapter 9 verse 16. <laughs> it's his mercies. He has decided in his own mercies that he will set this assembly, these people, as the blessed of the Lord. Hallelujah. 
So this morning, we're going to deal with something that God made it clear to be dealt with. And I call it annihilating the grave and death. Annihilating is simply destroying completely. I'm using the word annihilate because I heard the spirit said annihilate. But what it, what it means is to destroy what? Completely. Destroy completely. There will be no room for resurrection. We are destroying the grave and death. Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37. We read from verse 1. And the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them run about and behold there were very many in the open valley and lo they were very dry they were very dry and he said unto me son of man can these bones live and i answered O lord god thou knowest again he said unto me prophesy upon these bones and say unto them O ye dry bones hear the word of the lord thus said the lord god unto these bones behold i will cause breath to enter into you and ye shall live is somebody saying amen to that and I will lay sinews upon you. And I will bring up flesh upon you. And cover you with skin. And put breath in you. And ye shall live. Is somebody say amen? amen. And ye shall know that I am the Lord. Verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied there was a noise and behold a shaking and the bones came together bone to bone and when I beheld lo the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them above but there was no breath in them then said he unto me prophesy unto the wind Prophesy, O son of man, and say to the wind, Thus said the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon this lane, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, 
and stood up upon their feet an exceeding great army are you saying a loud amen to that verse 11 then said unto me son of man these bones are the whole house of Israel behold they say our bones are dried and our hope is lost we are cut off from our paths Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, and I speak prophetically to you. Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Pekrade, and you shall know that I am the Lord. When I have opened your graves, all my people, and brought you up out of your graves, and shall put my spirit in you, and ye shall live, and shall place you in your own land, then shall ye know that I, the Lord, have spoken it, and perform it, see it, the Lord. Hallelujah. Do bones signify? Bones signify strength. Ability to cause positive changes. World of possibilities. Abundance of hope. Strength ability to cause positive changes world of possibilities abundance of hope so if your bones are dry what does it mean when small is seen as great when your bones are dry when you see something small, it looks so great for you. You become satisfied at the, at, the, at the smallest thing. You don't hunger for more because your bones are dry. In Numbers chapter 11, verse 4 to 6, God appeared to the children of Israel in Exodus, in Egypt. And he did miraculous things. things. And he said, I'm taking you to a land full of milk and honey. And they were happy. Temporarily. And God started taking them on the journey. But because most of them, their bones were dried. When they encountered a challenge, 
they started celebrating the smallness in Egypt. They forgot the miracles that God did. And they said, we wish we were eating the cucumbers, the garlics. You can go down to the verse. The cucumbers, the garlics. When your bones are dry, when you buy TV, 16-inch TV, you are okay. I have achieved. I, I, I am there. You don't hunger for more. Because your bones are dry. But this morning, your situation is changing in the name of Jesus. When your bones are dry, it is when an endeavor appears too sacrificial to pursue. Where an endeavor, when a tax appears too sacrificial to pursue. The same Numbers chapter 13 verse 27 to 29 These people now went to spy the promised land and they came with a testimony and they told him and said we came unto the land whether thou sentest us and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit. What you are saying about this land is true. It flows with milk and honey. And just to prove to you, we brought a fruit. But nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. And the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. Please, these are people that saw what God did in Egypt. They didn't lift a sword. All they had to do finally was to enjoy because they killed a lamb, used the blood. To sprinkle upon the doorpost and sat down and chopped the meat. They chopped meat bar. And just that, God came through for them and they were pushed out. And they didn't go empty. They went with silver and gold, many jewels. So, how come these same people get to a janta and say, God, these people there, you can't. You've brought us this far, but this one there, you can't. Dry bone syndrome. When attacks become too sacrificial to apprehend. But I see that terminated today in the name of Jesus. When do you see dry bones? When joy for great and mighty things is deficient. When joy for great and mighty things 
is deficient. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2. And it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. There was a joy for a greater height that was in Jesus. That the one that was able to just by his presence, people fall. Became so obedient and stooped low for people to spat upon. He dropped every reputation. Maybe first he was riding in a big car. But for the joy of tomorrow, if God says, push that car away, give it to my work, and walk on the street, he's ready to do it. The joy of great things. Wednesday evening, I was night, I was praying. Myself and my wife, we prayed for two hours up to two o'clock. And I said, that's good. Thank, we thank God you can go and sleep. Me, I, I have to wait a little. And I was praying. Then I heard God said, rare an altar of sacrifice. I said, eh? okay, what is it that you want? And the long story cut short. Pack all your furniture, your telly, and go and give it in a place I'll show you. And he showed me the place. So I said, I'm coming to Takradi on Saturday. This thing must happen before I leave. So quickly, I put it together. Moved everything. My children were like, Daddy, where's our furniture? Where's our TV? But because of the joy of great things that I bear in my heart, I told myself, if somebody comes to visit me, it doesn't matter. I'll give the person a stool to sit down. You lie. You can't stop me from going to the next level. You can't. I don't mind. Whoever. We'll get there. Whoever. But a joy to see great things. Because when God calls on you for a sacrifice, then he's ready to take you to realms unimaginable. He did it to Abraham. And we are still telling Abraham's story now. So I counted it a great privilege that he said, pack everything and take it. When the joy for great and mighty things leaves you, you are unable to sacrifice anymore. The little thing causes pain. The little thing touches you. You get offended at the little thing. You think about what someone else will say at the little thing. Hey, so 
Assuming somebody come to your house right now and is a big man, will you give the person chair to sit? I will give you stool. If you are bigger than me, don't sit on the stool. But this morning, that joy is enveloping you in the name of Jesus. What do grave stand for? Grave is that which shuts you out from expressing yourself and living your true nature. Romans chapter 7 from 15 to 25. You will to do something, but there is something else working with you and preventing you from a grave situation. You will. If it was left with you alone, you will carry conquest on your shoulder. But for the fact that you are in a grave situation, there is an evil also challenging you. They will call you church girl. <laughs> They'll call you Papa, Papa's boy. <laughs> are, you, are you the only church person? <laughs> we all go to church. Why have you made it like walk up? <laughs> but this morning, every grave is open in the name of Jesus. It makes your life meaningless. Having no significance. It makes your life meaningless. Having no significance. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 14 and 15. An interesting story. It said there was a little city and few men within it. And there came a great king against it and besieged it and built great bulwarks against it. Get it? A little city. Few men. A great king came against it. Verse 15. Now there was found in it a poor wise man. Somebody say with me, a poor wise man. And he by his wisdom delivered the city. Yet no man no man remembered the same poor man. When you are in a grave situation your exploits are not remembered. You, 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 you do things and people's life will turn around. But tomorrow they don't remember you. It's as if nothing happened. You spoke a word to somebody and something turned. But the same person sees you and it's as if, Charlie, nothing. I don't know you from Adam. A poor wise man, by his wisdom, delivered the city. There were few, but no one 
the countable people didn't remember him. If they were a large company, then we can say maybe uh, people didn't know him. Maybe it was the king alone that knew the wisdom of the wise man. But Bible is explicit here. They were few. So they were in a close-knitted community where everybody knew that this was the man who by his wisdom were delivered. You do things in the office and nobody remembered you. By your suggestion, things turn around. They don't remember you. But this morning, it is over in the name of Jesus. A grave situation with holds impact and celebration. In Luke chapter 24, verse 32, we see a conclusion of a matter. These were disciples that have been with Jesus. And they were with Jesus. Jesus was talking. And they were hearing Jesus. But they didn't know it was him. They couldn't celebrate. They didn't feel the impact. Until he broke the bread. And they said unto another, ah, Did not our heart burn within us? While he talked with us, by the way, they were feeling a burning sensation. No impact. Because an impact causes a turnaround. So at the point when they were now impacted, they said, hey! From today, as you go out as a conqueror, your words will make an impact in the name of Jesus. People will hear you and there will be a turnaround in the name of Jesus. And you shall be celebrated in the name of Jesus. What is a grave situation? You put significant effort but you reap a mega result or outcome. You put in significant effort. The required effort. But the returns looks meager. And that's a curse situation. In Genesis chapter 3 verse 17 to 19. God placed a curse upon Adam. And that curse meant that Adam was going to work hard. But reap little. You work hard. But the results like a J. But this morning, everything with a little effort, you will hit abundance in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 23 verse 4. Now let's look at death. We're dealing with grave and death. Death is very subtle, eh? It says, Proverbs, sorry, Psalm 23, verse 4. Forgive me. Psalm 23, verse 4. It says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will what? 
fear no evil. Death, the fear of death preoccupies your mind with evil consequences, evil outcome, negative consequences. So any action you want to take, instead of turning out juices of imaginations of positive outcome, your thinking is, but if it doesn't work, but if, <coughs> but if, but if. Fear no evil. Death makes you someone that perpetually fears evil. To you, every step is a step with the devil. If God is even saying that, walk to this place, you are thinking that the, evil, uh, the devil is with you, working with you. If God is saying that, take that car, give it to this person, what will people say? If God is saying that, take five CD, give it to this brother, what would I eat? Your preoccupation is negative. That is how subtle death is. Proverbs 14, 27. It says, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from what? The snares of death. Death traps. Is the crippling force of the devil. The fear of death. That fear of death can cripple your advancement. That you want to move forward. But the fear of a negative consequence will make you not to take the step. Recently, my nephew came to me and then came to tell me that he wants to marry. And I was happy for him. My first nephew to marry, I'm happy. Then one day, he called me, Uncle, what is it? I went to have a meeting with my pastor. And my pastor says, I shouldn't marry now. I should move the marriage forward. Why? My ex-girlfriend's spirit is after me. So we have to deal with that first. So come and tell your family that you have decided to move the family. Uh, uh, and he was told that if you don't do it, there are consequences. You... I said, I'm telling you, there is nothing. Shut up! There is nothing! Rise up! He said, uncle, I've not eaten since yesterday. I said, get up! There's nothing against you. Rise up. And he rose up. I said, later, after consultation, I called him. I said, come home with the, uh, your wife-to-be. And I gathered the two of them. And I spoke life to them. And I sprinkled blood on them. 
And I say, go in this might. The date you have set, it will come to pass. The people reared themselves. But that day, he married gloriously. Death brings fear to cripple you from your advancement. Hey, so uh, he said, uh, the spirit of the girl is following me. So uh, if I take the step, uh, the girl will pursue me. Yesterday, I was coming. My other nephew went to visit them. That's the senior brother. And he said, they are growing big. I don't know. I said, ah, they should grow big. They should enjoy themselves and grow big. From where? When Jesus shed his blood, please, we'll go there. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 15. Fear. Fear of death. Fear of death. Not just fear, but fear of death. Death. He says, Hebrews 2.15 Oh, Jesus is Lord. Okay. He says, and deliver them. Yeah. Deliver them who through fear of were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Fear of death can keep you bound and no progress. Fear of death. Fear of negative consequences. Fear of people's opinion. It's so powerful to keep you in bondage all your lifetime. Uh, in my village, if they see that I've even bought uh, a, a car, yeah, I'm dead. So I work like that, please. I have the money, thank God, but I work like that. Hey, if they even hear that I've bought a land. Yay, I'm gone. So, <laughs> I'll rent. I beg you. I, I don't mind renting. Let me just rent. Fear of death. Kept under bondage. All your lifetime. But it is over in your case in the name of Jesus. It actually breaks your focus... And keep you on cares and burdens of this world. That's how subtle it is. Your life becomes ordered by the cares of the world. What would I eat? What would I drink? What would I wear? Where would I sleep? What would I drive? What would people think about me? All your mindset. That's why in the parable of the sower, 
I fear one of the seeds and where it failed. The other ones, fine. But one, I fear it so much, I don't want to fall there. The one that fell among the thorns and the thistles. Bible said that for the deceit of riches and the curse of the world, he said it did not ripen. Hey! You know mango boo? You, you, you get to a place to be, to be enjoyed and you cannot be enjoyed. Hey, that, that is, it's better for the devil to take me than pursue and get to a place where I cannot, where I cannot enjoy the fruit of my labor. It's dangerous. That's the fear of death. It burdens you with the cares of the world. And the deceit of riches. Oh, well, what will people say? Oh, what will people say? There was a time that, just this year, my, my car was in the shop. I was attending to it. And I was managing my finances. So it got to a time I, I couldn't go with Uber. I have to go with Trotro. And I put my bag at my back. And I walk to take Trotro. And I drop in the front of the office. I'm not going to drop at the corner. Because I work in my mind that I'm not living with the opinions of people. I'm living with the opinion of God. And then we close. And you put my back on my back. And I cross. And I go and wait for Trotro. And please, by God's mercy, not anything, by God's mercy, I'm a head of a department in a prestigious bank. So I could have said, hey, <laughs> But God need to work out of my life the fear of death. So he will create a situation and say, son, Let's see if you pass this test. I say, yes, sir. What do you want me to do? Troxy. Oh, Troxy, I'll board it with joy. And it wasn't long. He changed my level. Gave me another car. So, 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 don't allow the fear of death cripple you from advancement. Don't be too proud. Don't carry too much reputation. 
you can't mellow for God. Who knows tomorrow from today? So if he says, go, go. You will fear no evil. Quickly. See how important canceling the fear of death is. Revelation chapter 2 verse 10. Quickly. Revelation chapter 2 verse 10. Okay. It says, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulations ten days. Be thou fearful, sorry, faithful unto what? Death. And I will give thee a crown of life. It's not talking about death as in when you lose your life. It's talking about those things we enumerated concerning death. Cares of the world. Be ready to go for him. Oh, if I go to prison, what would they say? This man went to prison. He said, be ready to go. Look at Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. It says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Check. Check. One, the blood of the lamb. Two, by the word of what? Their testimony. And which attitude delivered it? And they loved not their lives unto what? So they can have the blood. They can have the testimony. But if the attitude of giving all to Jesus is not there, they won't overcome. Usually we quote only by the blood. The blood is powerful. But there is a need of an attitude that is sold out to Jesus. Have no fear of death. You die to this world and live for Christ. You die to this world and live for Christ. So, the fear of death can keep you from overcoming. You do all the fastings. You do all the prayers. But your heart is not sold out to God. So in John chapter 12 verse 24 to 26, it said, except a grain of wheat falls to this ground and dies, it abides alone. John chapter 12, 24. He abides alone, but if it die, it what? Brings forth much fruit. Verse 25. Verse 25. He said, he that loveth his life shall what? 
lose it. And he that hated his life in this world shall what? Keep it unto life eternal. So if you love the life of this world, you can't get the best of God. You might get something little, 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 little. But you can't get the best of God. You have to be ready to say no to the system and the standards of this world and give your heart all out to God. Hallelujah. 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 So Jesus, being so aware of the power of the grave and death, came to destroy them. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, it said, He that committed sin is of the devil, for the devil sinned from the beginning. He said, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. This was where Jesus replaced destroy with annihilate. When he got there, he spoke to me, he said, that's annihilate. So it's complete distraction. This morning, every grave and death situation is destroyed completely in the name of Jesus. Do you believe it? Let your amen show that you believe it. In John chapter 11, verse 41 to 44, Jesus proved that he has power over the grave. Lazarus was dead for four days and was bound. And Jesus came forth and demonstrated that he, Jesus, who is here today and working, has power over the grave and over death. So he said, Lazarus, come forth. And the one that was bound came forth. And he said, lose him and let it go. This morning, every grave holding you bound is letting you go in the name of Jesus. So we see in Hebrews chapter 2, from verse 9, we read verse 15. So verse 9, 14, 15, we see that Jesus, for the sake of ensuring that we enter into his best, came and himself partook of flesh so that he might destroy death for us. So that he might make it possible for you to live a life where you fear no death. That when they said, let's go, he said, yes, I'm going. There is no evil consequence. 
I'm sure of God. In Philippians chapter 2 verse 10, when he did that, he was given a name above every name that at the mention of his name, every knee will bow of things in heaven, things on earth, and things what? Under the earth. Where is grave? Under the earth. At the mention of the name of Jesus, every grave gives up. I see every grave giving you up in the name of Jesus. I said, I see every grave giving you up in the name of Jesus. And I see the sting of death broken in the name of Jesus. So in Revelation chapter 1 verse 18 he said I was he that was dead and I'm alive and I have the keys of what? Hell and death. Please the devil don't have it. Jesus has it. Jesus controls death. You cannot die if he says no. But in your ignorance the devil can use it against you. But this morning you are no more ignorant in the name of Jesus. John 6.50 He said, I am the bread of life. That came into this world. That a man might eat thereof. And not die. Jesus made a way for us to live a life that don't fear death by his body. Let's go to 51. He says, this is the bread which came down from heaven that a man might eat and not die. And I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. When we come to the communion table, the flesh of Jesus it's our passport to walking over death. I don't fear death, though. Death knows, please. He knows. I was in a hospital one time years back. That was somewhere in 2001. I deferred my course for one year. I was involved in a car accident. And I was in the hospital with a dislocated hip. And on that bed, I keep praying. And then there was a man in the ward that I saw the spirit of death. So I went and I started praying for the man. And as soon as I was praying for the man, the man was living. God came on the scene and said, 
allow. And then I stopped. When I stopped, the man was like, won't you come and pray for me again? I just smiled because <laughs> the one that do it, the work says, allow. He died. So, I'm not talking. God appeared to me in John 50. I saw, I was praying and I just heard myself saying, Apostle, Jesus, who are you? And I was like, hey, how can you talk to Jesus like that? And my eyes got open and I saw John 6.50. I am the bread that had come, that a man might eat thereof and not die. So from that day, I started preaching life over death. Because I saw it clearly. The communion table, when I approach it, I approach it with joy. Because this is where it was done. I eat the flesh. And I beat every death situation down. 52. Quickly. I hear this. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, he have no life in you. So when you come to the communion table, and you eat Jesus, and you drink his blood, what you have done is you have invigorated, you have strengthened life in you to pursue his call unabated. He said, Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life and I'll raise him up at the last day. Let's go 55. For my flesh is meat indeed and my body is drink indeed. 56. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. Go 57. As the living father has sent me and I live by the father. So he that eateth me shall live by me. See? In John 14, Jesus said, the father that sent me is the one that doeth the works. So, <laughs> the father will show me greater things because I'll see what the father doing and I'll do likewise. So it was the father at work. But for us, it's Jesus at work. That is why he said, greater things than this are you do. Because I now have the authority. I have all. So I stand here, but I'm a vessel for Jesus. And Jesus is the one manifesting. And he gets all the glory. Hallelujah. So when you partake of the communion table, you move from the place where you will to do things, but there is no grace. There is no uh, impetus. The, 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 the one that worketh in you, both to will and to do, is not in you. 
So although you have a good mind, <laughs> nothing is happening. Because it takes him to work in you, both to will and, and, and do himself. As you partake of the communion table, you move from normal human walking to the work of the divine. Where grave and death has no power. Have we done 58? Did we do 58? I... 658. Okay. He said, this is that bread. Sorry. Which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna. And are dead. He that eateth of this bread. Shall live forever. It's a good place to say amen. So, the communion table we come to is not just something normal. It's not a ritual. That shows that you have finished catechism. You have passed communion class. And you have now taken communion. It's a whole release of the power, the intent, the fullness of God. To destroy everything worrying against you. So in First Corinthians, my last scripture, and I'm done, eleven twenty-three. Paul was saying, For I have received of the Lord that which I also deliver unto you. That the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. He took what? Bread. He took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it. This is my body. Please. Me. I don't mind whether we bring biscuit or we bring woofer bread. It's just for order and symbolism that we bring woofer. But if I take biscuit and I said, this is the body of Jesus. That is the body of Jesus. That was what Jesus was demonstrating. He knows that if he leaves this thing silent, tomorrow somebody will go and bring something from some place and say, this is the flesh of Jesus. Come and pay 10 million to chop it. <laughs> so he, he demonstrated what he meant for us. He said, anything you are eating, and you take it, and say, this is my body. That is my body. That's faith. As long as you, you agree that this is my body, that is it. Simple. So it doesn't have to come from Rome, Italy. It doesn't have to come from Rome. It doesn't have to come from Israel. It can come from any kitchen here. We can go to any kitchen here and take it. And say, this is, 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 this is. The moment we say, this is, it is. And then 
He went forward and said, and after the same manner also he took the cup. When he had stopped, saying, this is the New Testament in my blood. So, so it wasn't any special concussion prepared somewhere. Some people will say, if you drink it and it doesn't burn you, then it's not a communion. <laughs> any drink that we can pronounce that this is, but I don't mean alcohol. <laughs> not alcoholic drink. So, this is the moment your faith goes with it that this is. Case closed. So, this morning, as the apostle takes over and ushers us into this communion, know that as you are taking the flesh of Jesus and you are drinking that blood, every grave is completely destroyed. Every death is completely destroyed. And you will see yourself leaping to new levels and new heights in the name of Jesus. Rise up on your feet. You are here this month and you want Jesus in your life. Somebody here needs to give his life to Jesus. Something might change in your life. You need that Jesus. I want to pray with you. You want to say Jesus will become your Lord and Savior. Lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. You want to say I need Jesus. If I die today, I cannot make it to heaven. Because my life is not right. Lift your right hand and I'll pray with you. In somebody's life. Say Father, I thank you that you died on the cross. For me, today, I ask you, come into my life. Become my Lord and Savior. From today, I will follow you and serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. We trust that you have been blessed by the word of God. We would love to have you worship with us at Conquest Global Ministries, Kakradi, or call us on 0243-287-958 or 0246-111-278. You are blessed.